0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the One Wildlife podcast with me, Abby Barnes. This is simply a show about life, and as such, there are no boundaries to where our conversations can take us. Along the way, we hope to inspire, empower, educate, and uplift, exploring how we can all live our best lives. Before we get started, I want to mention that this podcast is hosted by Spend More Time in the Wild which I founded in 2016 to help individuals get outside for the benefit of mental and physical health. Over the last few years, the project has grown into a worldwide community of passionate and courageous individuals working together to enjoy the beauty of our wild spaces and protect them for generations to come. You can find out more about both the podcast and wild by visiting www.spendmoretimeinthewild.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening or head on to YouTube to watch the full episode. Maxine and Tom met in 2009 during their second year at Winchester University and five years later they set off to travel around the world. They started in South and Central America before heading east, spending a year working in Australia and visiting New Zealand, Asia and Nepal along the way. In 2017, they walked the entire 2,189 mile Appalachian Trail, which proved to be a life-changing experience that set them on the path to forging their inspirational online space called It Takes a Journey. Their mission is to live a simpler way of life that focuses on health and happiness and to document their journey. Along the way, they have been courageously raising the profile of limb difference and limb loss. Highlighting that difference doesn't necessarily mean disability, and of mental health and the healing power of time spent outside in nature. They are currently in the throes of converting a van, which will soon become their full time home with their dog, Finn. Maxine and Tom, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello. <laughs> Hello Abby. How's it going? <laughs>
0: It is going very good. I'm so pumped to, to be here having this conversation with you. And as we've just uh, chatted about before we've gone live, it is a glorious sunny day. So what better day to be hanging out with two awesome people like you guys.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah. No, Days you... are always better when the sun's out.
0: Always, always. i
2: nice am nice to be chatting with you as well.
0: Ah, thank you. So listen, I want to jump right in. And I want to ask you both sort of individually and also collectively What does the outdoors mean to you? Um, Max, would you like to kick us off?
1: Yeah. um, So I've just always been an outdoorsy person. I was a bit of a, I guess, it's probably an old phrase now, but tomboy, you know, growing up, always just playing outside. And so it's always kind of been a part of life. Um, And then, yeah, like meeting Tom, we kind of had normal, normal kind of, you know, day jobs and went, you know, met at uni and... I guess didn't spend too much time like doing hiking and stuff and then mm. suddenly we kind of went traveling and, and it all kind of changed um and we, we started to kind of i guess see the importance of being outside in nature and i guess the effect of it and and that actually we were our, hop- our happiest um when we were outside so
2: mm. yeah that's,
1: mm. that's just always loved it and growing up always went to you know Um, to the beach like I lived really close to the sea in Bournemouth so um, kind of after after sixth form and and things I'd always go walking at the beach so it's just always been Hangersbury Head used to be
2: yours for yeah Hangersbury Head
1: is the favourite I I felt like I was transported away to somewhere else like it always felt like I was walking from Christchurch into like California when you can come (laughs) around the corner and there was like a sunset (laughs) on the beach and you were like wow this is awesome so I think for me yeah nature's always kind of transported me to felt like an escape
2: so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a sense of freedom and just um because it's always a place that we go on our free time and because it's our hobby, as it were. It's just yeah. a nice place, isn't it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely, and it's so diverse, like as you say, one minute you can round a corner on the coast and feel like you're in California or the Caribbean, especially <laughs> on a glorious day like today that we've got here in England. Um but even, you know, being up on the moors or um just all the different diverse landscapes, they bring mm. a different sense of freedom and adventure. Um I guess you guys probably feel the same then.
2: <laughs> yeah, totally. And yeah. even you say it's like diverse, we've obviously during lockdown, lots of local walks, but they even a 20 minute Twenty minutes in a different direction changes how the landscape looks. Not obviously by country, but quite a lot. Because like, we didn't think it looked like this around here. What is going yeah. on here? Yeah, it's quite it's quite fun like that.
1: There's even the small details change. Like, I know it's, it sounds silly, but even on one of our last walks, like one of the you know the ways they the way they do the fences around the fields, it looked different. So it felt like we were in a different place. And I know that's like such a small detail, but. And like just seeing, noticing different trees. And we love a bit of fence chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> different different <laughs>
0: gates to go through. Or like, yeah, it's like so
1: funny. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. oh a, a
2: new kind I of gate. I love of these gates.
0: kind of <laughs> skies. <laughs> styles. That's it. It's, it's, it's yeah. you know, it's Yorkshire, isn't it, as well, with the dry stone walls. And you think, oh, my gosh, like, how old is this wall? You know, mm. some of them are thousands of years old. And the the boundaries that we walk past you know even trees and hedgerows sometimes you take a closer look and there, you know there's foundations of old stone walls there and and what sort of history and archaeology are we walking through just because it looks like this now doesn't mean it it always did so um yeah it's it's very insightful isn't it and and did you both sort of grow up walking or were there any other sports in the mix there
2: uh, I don't remember doing. Lo- I remember Mum always taking us out on walks and being like, "Oh come on, this <laughs> is this last weekend." <laughs> um, no, we we're always outside, and we were, I just remember one thing, which was me and Harry used to just climb on hay bales. because lot, lots used to be a lot of um, cornfields. I think, I think they think there were cornfields. I don't know. There was just big hay bales, and they were fun to climb on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we lived. We, I guess we lived in the countryside, let's say. So there was there was always bits to go and do. Mm. but not not remembering being a fan of walking at the time
0: <laughs> where did you grow up
2: tom uh odium hampshire
0: okay nice
2: and then we've moved to where we are now which is alton hampshire which is 10 miles down the road oh. <laughs>
0: <So> <laughs> well you what did travel been... the world in between so you can uh, <laughs> let go of that yeah, concern
1: here actually though because I because I grew up by the sea and like the new forest and things so I had, was really lucky being in the middle of kind of like having forest and sea and, and mm. everything but moving here I guess I didn't fully appreciate the, the countryside around until we were here after traveling mm. and I realized wow we really are in a great spot we can go mm. off to you know in, in any direction so we do
0: feel lucky to yeah yeah this right. the, the sea has a special special feeling to it doesn't it I mean there is that classic question are you coastal people or
2: mountain people (laughs) oh
1: it's so difficult because we
2: I I love the extreme as in the mountains are great and also there's a love of surfing and kiteboarding so the sea's also good and in between is still great but definitely up a mountain or in the sea is probably my two of my favorite places (laughs) but the other bits in between are still really good
0: That's it. You can walk the bit in between and then you get benefit of everything. Oh man, flip the question. I think probably for me, mountains, um, just something about them really brings out the best in me. I actually have a bit of a fear of water, um, which last year I overcame and I got myself snorkeling in the South of Italy. Um, It's a film project currently in edit, but uh, it's funny because I did grow up um, about, 5 6 miles from the coast so you know again every weekend we'd be sat sat on the beach or I'd be building sandcastles or I don't know um sea combing I mean my endless fancy connection of fossils and uh shells and and things that I've picked up just it, it's not gotten any smaller let's be completely honest about this um you know and I sit in the waves and it's funny how it's just transitioned as I've become an adult and now it's just like yeah give you the mountains but um, I remember on the oh, bearer geez. way in 2019 so it's a trail in Ireland it was the first time I sort of experienced mountains meeting the sea and I was like well this is the best of both worlds I'll take this
1: <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. definitely that's yeah cool, that's cool isn't great. it I think like, there's it's a true. time and a place almost but like yeah it's just nice to be able to change up and change I know that when we went to I would have said sea once once upon a time mm.
2: but then
1: when we went to like Wales, <clears throat> excuse me, the first time I went to Wales and I was like, what? Like there are mountains like this, like, you know, you know, being like kind of in my early twenties and hadn't really explored that much and thought, this is incredible, but this isn't that far from home. And then just kind of opening our eyes to, to, to yeah possibilities, but then yeah, it's, there's so many good. beautiful spots in the UK. I'm so looking forward to like yeah, staying a bit closer to home and
0: yeah.
1: exploring them.
0: I think that's it, isn't it? And we, um, for, for the listeners, we're still currently recording this during lockdown in England. But by the time this goes up, we will be hopefully somewhat freer. And uh, yeah, it is it is exciting. Exactly. It is very exciting because the seasons are changing. We're moving into spring. You know, the daffodils, crocuses, snowdrops, wild garlic, the buds on the leaves, everything's coming out. The and, um, and the days are getting longer. Exactly. And, and are you feeling that anticipation as well?
2: I can imagine. Oh, so much right now from the news last week and just, any I mean, even now it's been like kind of a cold, dark-ish period for the last six weeks mm. altogether. And now for like the next 10 days, the weather says sunshine, which just is awesome.
1: And it's just a little bit warmer. So it's, yeah. Yes. It's, actually, last week, I, it was the coldest I've ever been, like the UK, we went for a walk and we're like, sit and have our lunch on this bench. And I, I mean, we love our food, but oh. I was like, just eat it and like, <laughs> yeah. try I could not film my fingers. Yeah. I, was like, I have not got that many fingers to like lose yeah. these, like to frostbite in the UK. Yeah, like saw
2: having a good time. You rude. could t- see it in the face. It was just like, like we need, yeah. I'm too cold to enjoy, enjoy this. this. <laughs> just needs to be over really quickly. <laughs>
1: yeah, we've been to a space camp, but I swear it wasn't this cold. It
2: was but a, well, a really spot in front of a pond. But for some reason, well, we, we chose it because it was pretty, but we... We didn't consider the wind, the cold wind was just in our face, we didn't choose a sheltered spot and uh, yeah, it was a yeah, it was a mistake for sure.
0: Yeah, the wind makes a massive difference actually, um, but it's, it's something I'd like to sort of move into now is at times it can feel like we're being blown by a cold wind just in life. <laughs> And um, Max, I'd like to start with you because I know, well, first of all, for for both of you, you, you've got It Takes a Journey, and we'll get into that a bit later in the conversation. Um, You know, and you're trying to raise the profile of obviously being outside, mental health, and of limb loss and limb difference. So I'd like to sort of go back to the early days. And Max, um, I'd love if you could tell us and sort of paint a picture for the listeners about your... I don't know situation for lack of a better phrase um, with your left arm I mean I'm trying not to give things away because I want you to tell the story um, yes. about what it was gr- like growing up um, being born with um, essentially not a complete left arm um, and sort of what that was like for you on the physical side of things and then of the mental side of things and then Tom we'll move into when you came into the picture a little bit later and sort of go on from there so Max if you kick us mm-hmm. off that'd be awesome
2: Binge to life forever.
0: yeah
1: <laughs> I don't believe that. No. Um, yeah, so I was born with um, a limb difference. Um, it's They called it an ischemic contracture, um, which I still don't really know what it means, but um, effectively I think um, it was uh, the umbilical cord got, got wrapped around and um, there were no, you know, it wasn't in scans or anything and, and so it was a bit of a surprise. I was a month early and um, yeah it was pretty tragic like you know my mum we both almost died like it was pretty dramatic but then Mm. growing up like my parents are just always kind of you can do anything they weren't I mean I think they must have been phased you know at the start but I think um, it's always just I never really had that many adaptions or anything Um, I I was born in South Africa and we came to the UK when I was four Um, but I think there was never there were lots of trips to like doctors and to like surgeons and things um just to kind of look at possibilities and things but because of the way my arm is it makes it a bit difficult for kind of adaptions because Mm. it's kind of not a full arm but is a full arm so it's where i haven't got an elbow um yeah i've just learned to use it as it is basically so yeah no it never it's never really helped me back um Physically it's never really had me back. Mentally now, when I look back, I know that it did because I was really shy. Um, but I kind of didn't I wasn't too distressed. Like I had lots of friends. Like in my kind of friends group at school, like I wasn't shy and um and never I was never bullied, like I was really lucky. You know, there might have been one time where I was when I think a boy at school was like, What's wrong with your hand? And I was like, uh, what's wrong with your face? And that was kind of the end of it. Like <clears throat> basically so um yeah I was really lucky in that way um but I think I was actually having a chat with a with a reach mum um recently um which is the charity that that I actually work for and she um she was saying that I think if you're confident in yourself then it makes it harder for people to kind of pick pick on you um Mm. so I had lots of friends and yeah physically I was always really into sports like my favorite was PE and just what I hated math and science and like I was yeah (laughs) English and PE was like was like my thing um and yeah played netball um played like as many of those kind of sports as possible um football like it yeah never stopped me um and then I think uni uni was hard because I got quite I got I suffered from anxiety in my first year um which I'd never faced before um and I kind of half put it down to my arm and I think just like it's hard enough anyway going to uni but at the time you kind of can't segment that you, you just feel like you feel yeah so um I spoke to a surgeon about possibly having my arm amputated because I guess I had this belief because it looks different and I've got a lot of scarring um that maybe if it was amputated it would be easier for other people to accept I'd be able to just say yeah I lost my arm like you know that was kind of how what I was playing around with in my head mm. um but then I kind of yeah time went by I I, I did take some medications and beta blockers just to kind of calm my anxiety down just for a short period and it really helped actually it really helped me to see that what was going on was only inside like and that I could control it um and yeah that really helped and then in year two um I met this guy and it kind of like I guess my anxiety everything kind of took a back step because I think my confidence must have grown and um yeah it was it was it's all good and then from there it was just you know traveling and yeah. So, and you know, and it's actually only since last year when I rejoined Reach, the charity as a member, um, realised that actually for this whole time I would felt like I was on my own a little bit. Like I'd always just got on with stuff. Mm. I never had that person in front of me with a limb difference that I could look at to go, okay, cool, it's fine. Like there's someone else doing that. Yeah. And actually being back in Reach and seeing people like Claire Cashmore and like Melissa Johns on the, on you know on TV, watching BBC and watching her on. It was like, oh cool, like there's people that are the same age as me. Um, and so I think it's really important to have that representation and have have mm. people in front of you that you can like look to and go, okay, cool, I'm not on my own, there is a community. So yeah. Yeah. So that's the blah, 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 blah. Well, right.
0: well, thank you for sharing <laughs> that, you know. And I think it's one thing I really pick up from that, you know, is the power of that loving environment, you know, as a as a child growing up with your family just treating you as you, which is rightfully so you know and and at school almost because you'd been loved unconditionally, which is how it should be you know you sort of could hold your head up high and and that just makes you in the bluntest possible way less of a target you know and, and I can say from my own personal experience you know I went to five different schools because I, I struggled a lot with bullying and I didn't hold my head up high, you know I tried to reduce myself to nothing, I wanted to disappear and um it also shows sort of your resilience that I, I would say is, is probably very inherent and inbuilt within you, which I think is a, an amazing attribute to have. Um, what did you study at university? I
1: started out doing half journalism and half English, but slowly realized that I was enjoying the journalism side more. It was just a bit, mm. kind of found it a bit more kind of, yes, just. Okay. Proactive, a bit more proactive, I guess. Yes, sure. and I, I, I wasn't I, weirdly. I've always enjoyed English, but I've always been a really slow reader, so I couldn't kind of. I, it was stressing me out a little bit. So yeah, I ended up doing
0: sports journalism. Yeah, that's cool. And Max, actually, before um, sorry, Tom, before we come on to you, um, Max, I I read or heard somewhere that at one point you joined in a, a Paralympic tryout. Is that true?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at uni, I. It was like, I think, yeah, first year of uni. Um, I saw that there were like Paralympic tryouts for swimming. Um, so we went up to Sheffield um, with my parents and we went and just did like, where you can try, it's amazing. You can try all these different sports. Um, I tried wheelchair basketball, which which wow. I thought was maybe cheating, but apparently you, I could have done it, but um, it's <laughs> way harder than you'd think it's like to shoot shoot from sitting down, like art uh, is so impressive. Um, but anyway, I tried all that and um, swimming, it, you know I hadn't really been swimming so I'd done a bit of training before so I wasn't really cut out for it but then we tried shooting because I, I was like okay fine I'll try it and actually I was all right at it so weirdly I started doing shooting so rifle and um, hand pistol like hand pistol um, and yeah I really enjoyed it but I think it was just the wrong time in my life like mm. and I think I enjoyed it but it wasn't you know you see these athletes um, coming up and they are it's their life and they literally want to dedicate everything to it. And I kind of knew in my heart that, that if I wanted it that badly, I would have pursued it. Um, And I think because everyone else at the club, um, because it was up in Aylesbury, so I was having to travel up and down and I kind of taken away from uni and just felt split and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, if I pursued it, I would kind of lose, lose that, lose that part of my life. So, and I think if I wanted it really badly, I think I kept imagining, like if I was interviewed about, shooting at like, if I managed to get to the Paralympics, like if I was interviewed, like, what would I say? And I'd be like, yeah, I kind of like it. Yeah, I enjoy it. You know, it's not, <laughs> you want that passion, right? To drive yeah. you. And I think I didn't have that. Maybe it would have come, but there wasn't really anyone my age. Um, I did win a medal at the nationals. Oh, <laughs> but um,
2: there, a second.
1: yeah, I came second, but um, there wasn't that many people like my age. So I think I felt like there was something missing. So okay. it was a wonderful experience. The people were absolutely amazing. But um, I'm, I'm g- kind of glad that I went went a different way. But it, yeah, that would have been a different life. <laughs> I don't That's think it. you would have met necessarily or who knows
0: what would have that but... yeah. yeah, it's amazing where life, <laughs> yeah. the little tangents that life takes us on, isn't it? <laughs> so Tom, what were you studying at university?
2: I was studying design for digital media, which was sort of interactive digital design websites and sort of potentially sort of museum features I guess Um, and that was really good fun Um, yeah it was it was sort of a meeting of being creative and also I guess sort of a structured mind and enjoying layout and user experience and those kind of things Um, it was good fun at the time and I thought it was something that would well in terms of getting a job it's good for getting a job but in terms of true outright passions maybe not not quite so not quite so but only discovering that later on afterwards like 10 years later on <laughs> stepping, stone. A stepping stone and and we still use like in terms of using those skills now I use them on a daily basis but um in terms of like some other things maybe not quite so loving towards it <laughs> yeah, sure
0: sure would you be up for talking us through just very briefly how you guys met at university
2: yeah so that's that's quite good fun because me and a f- my best mate, uh, Richard Taylor, who uh, we grew up together, or we met at college, I guess, and we ended up going to uni together. We, and we went to Winchester, which is, um, it's not very far away. It's like no. 20 minutes down the road, but we, we lived there rather than staying at home. And um, Rich was doing full journalism to begin with. And I don't know how you met Rich, but anyway oh yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> and um, Rich introduced us through one of your uni projects and said oh you I know a guy who can do the design or for I can't remember what you were doing
1: I think we, um, need, we had like a live broadcast studio um, at uni, at, oh, at Winchester, yeah. which was amazing and yeah. I think um, you were in the room next door like a tiny little box room because I think there were like only like six of you or something doing mm-hmm. it um, and Rich like Said like, oh, we need someone to help on our, you know, our broadcast. So, like, we'll get my mate, like Tom, in. So, I think that's how we kind of met. And then there was another project that he was like, oh, you guys should go and talk to Tom next door. And then like, we didn't know it was like this whole plan we had. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: that was kind of great. just went
1: from there, really. Oh, so, well,
0: they did pretty yeah. good then, didn't they? <laughs> that
2: was at the beginning, uh, beginning of second year,
0: I think. yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great little story. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then he later revealed that it was like this plan that he concocted to. So funny! Up,
0: he just had to give yeah. it a bit of time first before he owned up to that.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. He was he was really protective though. He was like, "You're not going to mess my friend around, are you?" <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> no, no it was, yeah, it
0: was Ah, that's so cool. So you finish university, and then in 2014, you travel the world. I mean, so easy to say, long time to do, massive adventures. You do Machu Picchu, you dived with sharks, you did Everest Base Camp. Could you sort of run us through, let's start first up with the highs. Why did you want to travel the world? And what were some of the, the highlights for you of that experience?
2: Sure. It wasn't
1: the plan, was it? Really?
2: No, <laughs> it, was, it was a fairly loose plan. We originally planned to go for sort of up to six months. Hmm. Um, also, because that's probably what our, basically our budget could allow for, um, the highs, the question, the highs, right? Yeah. yeah, Highs were, those things that you just mentioned, probably the oh, the best thing, probably base camp because it was just not, not necessarily actually getting to base camp, but the whole, just the experience of going to base camp and being in Nepal, mm. just because Nepal is awesome because of its people and its landscape as well. Um,
1: and we had read so many but you know the books that were talking about kind of Everest and things and so to actually be there and to see the like I guess it was a really moving time to, be able to see like the memorials of the people that had been there and had, had, you know died doing what they love and um it was just a really surreal experience mm. um yeah so. we
2: got quite into it in terms of reading the books and learning about it and maybe maybe once we were there and we learned more about it as to the culture of actually climbing Everest maybe is a bit <laughs> a bit gung-ho in some ways um, but then um, just, other highlights were we met sort of when New Zealand was awesome in terms of just the again the whole country was really beautiful uh, we had a surprisingly long stay there because <laughs> m- I forgot to update my passport so I had less than oh. six months so in terms of traveling on it was going to be a We to problem. spend like three weeks there um, so we had to send the passport away back to England and just stay in New Zealand until it came like back. six
1: weeks. <laughs>
2: um, and also, I forgot to update my driving license. It was a and Driving, it was a driving for, the day for six weeks. Oh, <laughs> so wow. to driving. Um, but that was really awesome. We met a long-lost relative who is um, my granddad's illegitimate sister, as we found out. Illegitimate. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's only because of how history plays itself and, and she's just granddad's sister nowadays and, but we'd never really heard of her until they were like oh yeah you should be up with uh, Liz. Liz and then we met with Liz and actually Nora her friend where I mean, she stayed at her friend's Nora's house um, and yeah that was just quite an experience because also Nora and Liz are in their 70s or 80s yeah I think I, there is an age
1: gap, but yeah yeah
2: yeah so they were older and they were actually expecting us to be Sort of in our fifties or sixties, so oh, then we arrived. Wow. And also, we met. Like, oh, few.
1: We'd have to look after them.
2: They can go off <laughs> and do their own thing. We met Nora and Liz, and, and um, we didn't know which one Liz was. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's our relative? of you two? So yeah. that was just all quite an experience. We ended up staying with Nora, and she lent we, us a tent, and
1: yeah, yeah, she facilitated a lot of our adventures in New you know, Zealand.
2: We awesome. had we, we started there at the beginning, and then we. Ended there to return her kit and also to meet her family and have a Sunday roast with <laughs> which was quite good fun.
1: So yeah. one of those, yeah. So they're those highs that you don't expect and like can't plan for, but take you, you out of your comfort zone and and uh, just roll with it. I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, that really
0: that leads me very nicely sort of on to the next thing. So I think the natural question would be what were the lows, but I don't want to focus on that. I think it's very easy for traveling the world as a phrase to have a very romanticism kind of notion to mm. it. Um, yes. But I can, sh- I, I'm, I mean, I'm absolutely sure that there were times where you felt anxious or you felt afraid or you felt uncertain. And I wondered if there were, I don't know, a couple of situations where perhaps those more challenging emotions came up, but then you could tell us sort of what you learned from them. Because I think often we make mistakes. We find ourselves in some kind of sketchy uncertain situation and we can just see it as a, a blunt situation but actually I think um there's certain types of people that can grow through those experiences and I know that's something that you did certainly with something we'll come on to a little bit but yeah if you've got a couple of examples that were a little bit harder for you and and how you sort of got through those and came out the other side uh, Max would you like to kick us off
1: yeah um I think the first thing that comes to mind is probably visiting places like Cambodia for me personally um because I really struggled I uh, probably didn't realise until kind of halfway through I struggled with kind of my arm and um, the whole the culture kind of around disability there um, they not everyone obviously but we were told by kind of a guide that generally the belief is that um, if you're born with a, with a limb difference or you are in an accident or, or something happens to you that you might you've probably sinned in another life oh. so to kind of hear that from from someone so kind of directly and bluntly and it, it, it just stayed with me and we would we would be kind of walking around and there would be you know um people on you know uh, like begging on the street or or people with limb differences because of you know you know the war that was going on and uh, you know they had limbs you know come off in mines and and terrible terrible things and to think that that they're just kind of shunned in society because they believe that they've done something bad i, I think mm. um when when and also when when they saw me they were kind of just completely like thrown off kilter like there's a western with a, with a with one arm like what like it was it was crazy so um you know in the uk it's you can't just kind of it's not polite to stand and stare at someone but in other countries it's different so and you realize um that you are very cushioned and very comforted here so i guess i learned that we are very lucky and mm. that um that actually in the big in the you know in the big picture in the world there are other people with differences that are struggling more, a lot more than I am, you know. Um, and that is just a learning and educational thing. Like they don't know, they don't know different. So you can't you kind of There's, have to try separate that from theirs emotion.
2: There was part of their belief system, mm. which was seemed quite cruel. Yeah, but then but, we met,
1: you know, in Nepal, we met another Buddhist man who said he said something slightly different, and he changed mm. it, and he said actually. I would believe this. So actually, you know, I'm not, not trying to say it. it's like a whole whole country, but
2: um yeah, it's just I, I guess know. we
1: should say we don't know enough. No, we <laughs> don't know enough either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, but I it's it's interesting it's to enough, hear yeah.
0: your yeah, compassion, it's interesting to hear your 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 what you're seeing from the outside in, you know, and mm-hmm. if, if it certainly is a belief that's I don't know, fixed within the culture. I mean, there's generations of that story being told. And so it's mm-hmm. going to take a long time for change to filter through. But I have no doubt that you just walking through the the villages there was was very impact for those people. Um in fact impactful for those people and probably helped them feel just a little bit less alone, and maybe you are actually just a walking version of hope for them. You never know.
1: <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> Hopefully.
0: <laughs> yeah, that does sound nice. Like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, Tom, how about you? Have you got an example?
2: Um, I'm thinking of, we were in Ecuador, Quito, and we were crossing into Colombia, and at that part of the world, there was lots of rumors of well, not even rumors. There was lots of. Um, buses getting stopped and, and tourists getting robbed, hopefully just robbed. Um, and it was more it was more probably a, a mental fear than a reality. Um, only that you meet people on buses and they're like, oh yeah, so-and-so just got robbed last week. Oh, they just mm-hmm. took his glasses. Just, to, just because, you know, like, I need my glasses. Now we're taking glasses. And we met maybe a, a handful of people throughout sort of that area of the world. Um, We were trying to plan the crossing because we knew that it was potentially one of the more dangerous crossings, um, as in you've got to get on the bus, get off at the border and get on a taxi and go to the other side, Um, which in reality it was pretty much as easy as that. Um, But it was quite, it's it's a lot of unknowns, Hmm. anticipation, Anticipation, (laughs) trying to get to the bus station on time, trying to understand which bus is going to the right place, if it's actually leaving uh, on that day or something like that um so there's a lot of anticipation for that but i guess the learning curve was loads of things that probably happen daily is that the thought of it is probably a lot worse than the reality of it. the reality is never that bad the thought (laughs) is usually far far more worrying yeah
0: it's a tough one isn't it and i was i was thinking I mean, a very simple question, although really not, um, that I sort of wanted to to throw at you was, would you say, in general, your mental health was better or worse during the trip? But what I'm sort of gathering from the conversation we've been having so far is, as with life, there's immense fluctuations, because one minute, you know, you're riding a horse down the Grand Canyon or whatever, and it's amazing, or you're diving with sharks, or you've just reached Machu Picchu, and it doesn't really get any better than that. Um, and then the others, yeah, you're stressing about a crossing. So um, I can imagine it was as exhilarating as tiring at points
2: yeah totally i I feel like when you're doing like the backpacking thing you're it it doesn't like weigh you down though because you it's like really important for for living in that moment and you've got to do these things otherwise well you don't exactly know where you're going to end up so um in terms of like the stress it's i feel like it's more deserved rather than some of the stresses Mm -hmm. at home is just like worries it's and not like
1: survival stress, it's, it? like survival it's like survival stress, yeah, you've got to be alert, and, and uh, yeah, you've always got one you've got like one foot in the adventure and one foot on in, on the <laughs> that pedal of like right, okay, so planning next place, like yeah, I think everyone thinks it's like a dreamy like oh, you just you know float from place to place, but yeah, you have to plan, like you have to yeah. find out where the buses are, you have to like be thinking constantly, yeah, so, yeah. pretty fun though, yeah, super
0: fun. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned a word there that I'm going to grab hold of and use as a dovetail into the next sort of chapter of our conversation. And that is backpacking. So I think sort of internationally, the phrase backpacking is used for, you know, traveling around the world. Oh, we're going to go backpacking around Europe. But then there's the sort of hiking backpacking, which is what I'm very familiar with. And you guys have done a fair amount of. So in 2017, I think it was you headed out to the States to walk one of the longest trails in the world. I mean, you know, no easy feat. That is the Appalachian Trail. Why on earth Mm. did you want to walk the Appalachian Trail? And I think I'd also like to jump in because I know for a lot of UK listeners, it'll be interesting because it's it's, obviously with the length of it, it's no short task to hike the Appalachian Trail. It's five or six months. How did you go about that logistically? Because that must have been a bit of a drama as well, pulling that off.
2: Uh, Yeah, so I guess we got... We got the idea from, from our original travel. So, um, probably the second half, no, the whole thing, um, just doing the treks, like the multi-day treks were really fun. Most of them were organized, um, like Machu Picchu, um, the lost city in Colombia. Can't think of any others
0: that we used I to see. do. Lots yeah, of yeah. just
2: sort of base camp for sure. Um, and just lots of day, day hikes as well. Um, and went more in New Zealand because we had such a long time there and we obviously it's an expensive country compared to Asia where we're, we had only planned to spend two weeks in New Zealand because it's more expensive we ended up spending six weeks so our budget was like getting munched um just fun cheap ways to go and see the places well walking <laughs> it can't <laughs> but, be much cheaper than walking I have
1: to say before before we started actually planning the Appalachian Trail I remember that we heard about it from um, Mm. an American couple that we met in Vietnam and they had mentioned it and I distinctly remember like thinking and saying that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard (laughs) like that is why would you do that I think I even said why would you do that because it just seemed it seemed completely outrageous that you Mm. would want to go and hike that that long like in one go so and then suddenly we kept talking about it. And then Tom mm. so started watching YouTube videos on it. And oh, actually, that's we were, the hole like, to go down. Oh, actually, redbeard.
2: <laughs> we watched a lot of red beard. Yeah. Not yeah, yeah. oh, red beard. <laughs>
1: um, and, then, and then suddenly it was like, we're doing it. Like, that's it. That's yeah. the only thing we could, like, think about. So, And I yeah. think we
2: came back. We lived with your mum for a bit on her sofa. Got jobs for as, basically, a short amount of time as possible. To, like, save up and go out again. I think we ended up. We were planning for like six months to work, and I think it ended up being nine months. Um, we rented a place in Bournemouth Way. Yeah. We um, didn't have
1: a car. We they tried to save as much money as possible, like, like mm-hmm. walking everywhere, like to get fit for it, because you can't. There's not many places you can go and do. Like you can't really train for it. Yeah. I mean, you can do like
2: you can be you know, fit, but there's no quite yeah. training for twenty miles a day for six days a week. that. No. You just don't have the time for that, right? So yeah, I would cycle like a...
1: to work that way and I would like run home like several times a week and it yeah we just kind of got fit that way and then logistically you've got to go and um, you've got to go and get a visa yeah. which was terrifying because <laughs> yeah. I asked you loads of questions and we could barely say and like we didn't even know how to pronounce Mount Katahdin. <laughs> we were like they were like so where do you end and we were like um Maine, uh, what's the mountain <laughs> we land on? We were like, kaha, taha, kaha. like, it was pathetic. Um, and, um, and and then we pathetic. said, like, we start, where, where do you start? And we were like, Georgia. we were like, Gainesville. It was like, Gainesville and Georgia. And we were like, yeah, there is one in there. Cause apparently there's another Gainesville somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> and we thought we were like tricking
2: him. But anyway, oh. we got
1: the visa, so the that was, that was,
2: yeah. So that was then the we, first start.
1: we quit our jobs and and when you did that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So for listeners in the UK, um, when it comes to doing, you know, I mean, here in the UK, we've got 100, 200 mile trails, Um, generally speaking, you go through villages, you can pick up food along the way. But when it comes to these longer trails, certainly in the States, there's actually quite uh, quite a lot of logistics that needs to go into particular food um you know are you going to carry a certain amount in where are you going to get resupplies um are you going to send them ahead of yourself and i'm just interested sort of how you guys did that um in a brief
2: in a brief summary we didn't really do much plan we well we we knew that along the Appalachian trail uh, there's lots of there's uh, there's uh, quite a lot of towns if you're really determined you could probably make it to town every day you'd have to be hmm. really determined i wouldn't say every day okay yeah. but Fairly a often, yeah, but yeah. in terms of our logistics of packing ahead and sending food boxes, we basically tried to make it as simple as possible and not do any of that. So we didn't send any bounce boxes. We didn't post ourselves anything. The only things we did actually post ourselves were things that we brought that we actually didn't end up needing. So we, had a, we tried to be quite light because you hear quite a lot of stuff about saying, if you're too heavy, you're just not going to make it. There's too much weight in your knees. Mm. Um, just the lighter, the better, the more likely you're going to complete it. So even where we packed as as light as we could, we set up too much stuff, and we oh we sent that to a guy that we met uh, quite early on in the trail, and then we found out stuff that we just didn't need, and he was like, "Well, I'm only doing it for a couple of weeks, just send it to me, and I'll send it back to you when you're done." And you're like, (laughs) "Sweet, that's great." So logistics were just buy food, work out. We we did our rations per day, so we carried as little as possible, all the right amount. We carried
1: like six days' worth of food. Okay. Um, and then plan to. We used a, an app called Gut Hooks, but, mm-hmm. which was really good um, because we turned up with loads of guides and we actually ended up not using them because there's nice white blazes that you can follow on the trees.
2: Yeah. And, you don't have to read a map. And it's awesome. Yeah, so it makes wow. life a lot cool. easier. 2000 miles, you don't even need a map. It's, wow. That's amazing. It's
1: incredible. Um, so, yeah, so we just planned our food that way. Some people do send boxes ahead, but because we only have a six-month visa, I think it's usually people that live in the States that they have time to kind of plan ahead mm-hmm. like that and send, you know, food boxes.
2: People dehydrating, all sorts of stuff, which you could be quite jealous of because you
1: have... like, really great meals. just <laughs>
2: or noodles was basically the main yeah. option.
1: And cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I've
0: got to get the cheese in there. Now, you mentioned on your blog that the Appalachian Trail was one of the hardest things you've ever done. Now, without sort of stating the obvious, why? Why is that?
2: Living with Max in a uh, tent. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it was I'm a joking. very
1: small space, but no, that wasn't the problem, wasn't, no, that wasn't it? Problem. And you? I, mean, I think you said now. He said now, like, you have to have a bigger tent. we um, um, a was...
2: two-man tent and uh, it's a Z-Pax duplex. Yeah, okay. And yeah. a really great tent, so light, it's amazing. But living in there for five months was, it was cozy. Yeah. Like you couldn't both lie on our backs with our arms down by our sides because our arms were resting <laughs> on each other. But, wow.
1: No, but I think the hard things was just being, I think just, we don't do well when we're really tired both like, at the same time. Yeah. So I think, you know, obviously you're going to be tired. Um, and there were times where, I just remember just like having to just cry for a little bit and then just keep going. Like, mm. cause you can't not, you have to keep moving. Like yeah. you can't stop at this place. You can't just stop anywhere cause you need to get water. So it's a really, it was a really nice way in that way that it was like so basic that you need to gather water. Like where in life do you need to ration water and food? Like, so it was a really good lesson. Yeah. But again, when you're exhausted, you can't just go, let's just stop here. Cause you're like, we need to get to the next bit.
2: So, Why well, are you eating so much? That cheese is for tonight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I personally I just remember yeah like walking and having to like um, pull yourself up these like rock faces. Nicely. I think some people think it's just like a nice easy trail, but like mm-hmm. it's like up and down these like kind of slabs of rock and pull, yeah. pulling yourself up on the trees and just kind of having a moment of like oh, I'm just so exhausted right now and like yeah it, yeah just being exhausted. I think is probably the yeah
2: and the trail uh, was.
1: Which is obvious, I know, but I don't was,
2: think people realise. It was ridiculous, the trail. Just, you'd have to do it to really experience it. And it's the white mountain sort of, basically at the end. Um, it's not really walking anymore. It's, it's
1: climbing, traversing,
2: <laughs> it, you know, they need sort of climbing gear and stuff. But it's, it can't be much further off that. You're going to need climbing gear if so it yeah. gets a little bit steeper. I think
1: our and...
2: slowest day we did three miles and we were hiking for I think eight hours wow. it was just ridiculous Gosh. but also we were knackered like, we yeah. just didn't have we weren't like vibing and really pumped up we were, every, every hill we saw we were like oh that looks really hard let's try it oh it turns out it is actually yeah it's really hard <laughs> yeah.
0: it's just relentless i can imagine and i i i know from personal experience that when you're you're stripped down to that absolutely exhausted version of yourself that kind of the only way you can get through max as you said is to sort of let those emotions out and try and coach yourself through and be your own best friend because otherwise it's going to be a, a jolly tough ride yeah, yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean the people we met made like all the difference we you know had a little tramelly going and yeah. the pe- like the trail magic and like the trail magic the people were absolutely amazing so yeah. we really loved it from that point of view because when are you going to go through those towns like if you go to America you go to certain places right you don't necessarily you're not going to walk through these these little towns and meet right. these people people waters. were so generous and yeah it made up for all those like hard times and you got mm-hmm. to town and someone's like, hey, I want to buy you a coffee. And you're like, I'm just hiking. Like, I'm just, like, hiker trash, as they call it. Like, why, yeah. why are you yeah. like, applauding me? Like, other people deserve it more. But at that point, you're like, thank you for the cold can of something because it's boiling hot and I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah,
2: yeah, it's amazing. I'm and they've got a really good culture out there, which is part of the trail. So all the towns around it know about thru-hikers and they're all offering... Um, hitchhikes which was one of the most fun things about it was hitchhiking i would be like we get to go to town we get to jump (laughs) into some randoms car listen to their life story for like five minutes and get to town like what could be more fun um and but they're just really supportive and yeah the trail magic which is where people just leave presents for the hikers either it's food or sometimes in in the bubble which is when there's lots of people doing it at the same time, there's more people. So then some people come and offer barbecues and just yeah. massive meals for people. And there was there were still people when we were there and there's people that basically live on the trail and just offer trail magic for hikers out of the, the goodness of their heart. Um, mm. And it, probably the first month, we couldn't really understand why people were being so generous. <laughs> I think it's part of our like English ways in some way, or maybe, Maybe us, Uh, we can't obviously speak for everybody, but I feel like in general it is. Um, And yeah, it's just, and even probably different parts of America, it's different, but the trail's definitely got its own culture too, which is a really nice culture. And listening to other through hikers, um, it's something that England hasn't quite got also because we don't have the long trails and it's just not, it just it doesn't happen because of it. Mm -hmm. But it was really nice at any rate, and it's, it'll be something nice to share
0: experience. Yeah. I have to say I'm feeling thoroughly inspired right now. So, um, when when are we going? <laughs> PCT. Oh, that that's that's up there for me. Absolutely. Do you have
2: any? Um, do you yeah. do you want to do any of the American Trails?
0: I would love to do all of them. I mean, to get the whole triple crown status, where you do um, for listeners the the <laughs> Appalachian Pacific Crest Trail and the Continental Divide. Like, dude, that'd be so cool. The PCT really appeals yeah. because it obviously is so diverse in terms of the, almost the climates that you're walking through from the Mexican mm-hmm. desert and it goes right up to the border with Canada. Um, and uh, I mean, I have so many injuries and issues that I instantly start doubting myself, but it is a dream and one I don't want to just keep as a dream. Um, I did mm-hmm. tell myself that I do it once I've got a degree. However, since I'm no longer doing a degree, uh, then might take a while, so <laughs> but um, in I, exactly. In, in that podcasting. case, I'm doing good
2: <laughs> yeah. in walking, in podcasting, yeah, totally with you
1: on the um self doubt thing because, like, yeah, you have like a little like niggle or injury, and you're like, suddenly, like, no, I could never do But I think it's so easy just to look at that whole picture and think, oh, it's too overwhelming. But actually, yeah. I think on the trail, they say, like just day by day like you've got to just take it day
0: by day you can't think of the whole thing so yeah yeah no I can see that and (laughs) uh, thank you for the encouragement and you know I like to say the trail is is like life or life is like the trail you know and you can't focus on that end point you just have to as you say take it day by day small steps um enjoy the journey enjoy the journey exactly and right there because my thought
1: Hiker and Parler would like he just blasts the miles out like he is just like when I hear him when we were listening to, to him yesterday and it was just like how does he do- he just is like just chomps miles and it terrifies me because I'm like I'm like the reluctant explorer Tom used to call me so like it's like oh no but what if this happens and what if you have an injury and what if- oh it's terrible <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I think we all we all experience those doubts don't we and sometimes it's just having your feet on the ground that's the only thing that can make you believe in yourself
2: Yeah, yeah. Also, I feel like um, on that point, is that whereas a pair, usually, um, if somebody's having a panic, it can definitely half the time it's me. The other person has to stand up and be like, don't worry, it will be fine. And they have (laughs) no, obviously, no idea. They're like, it will be fine. And you're like, okay, it'll be fine (laughs) then. Let's go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just keep showing up, hey? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. exactly. We all have mental health. And as such, we are all susceptible to mental health struggles. Whether it's low mood or low self-esteem, or a diagnosable mental health issue such as depression, a personality disorder or something else, mental health affects all of us. One of the best ways to support ourselves through tough times is to surround ourselves by unconditional love. People who can reflect back to us who we are, no matter the state we find ourselves in. People who compassionately hold space for us, encourage us and guide us. People on the same page and know that life is a journey. In January 2020, I set up a Patreon page in order to support the life-changing work we are doing through Spend More Time in the Wild, such as this podcast. At the same time, I wanted to create a game-changing online space that raised the conversational profile of mental health and provided a safe, supportive, and understanding platform for anyone to tune into. Now, over 14 months on, we have over 270 members from across the globe, all pulling together in a sustainable and generous way to build each other up and encourage a new way of living. One where loneliness just doesn't feature. Despite COVID-19, many members have already achieved incredible feats, tackling big dreams no matter their size, and developing a new sense of self-worth that is long-lasting. Why? Because nothing aids us more in recovery than others paving the way by believing in us. Now let's hear what one of our members has to
2: say.
1: Hi, I'm Christina from Southwest Virginia in the United States. I've been supporting WILD through Patreon since November 2020 because Abby's message about spending time outside in nature to help with our mental health struggles is spot on. Despite society's efforts, mental illness is still stigmatized. Abby is helping to normalize that conversation by her own experiences and helping others to do so. Let's make asking for help normal.
0: Let's make asking for help normal. I just love that. Thanks, Christina. So join us today at www.patreon.com forward slash spend more time in the wild. Now, something you guys touched on is about the sort of trail culture and a trail attitude. And I know, as I sort of alluded to in the beginning, in the introduction piece, that hiking the Appalachian Trail was a pretty game-changing experience for you I mean you've alluded to you know the simpler way of life the time in nature the sort of blunt facing up to the hardships and I wonder how it changed you and how it set you on the path that you're on today
2: so I guess going in it was a chance to do what I think we thought was the most important thing, which was, well, be, being a bit ideally, idealistic. Idealistic. After, I guess, watching things like Into the Wild, you're like, all I want to do is burn all of my money and go <laughs> live in the jungle, uh, or Alaska or whatever. Yeah, um, it was
1: like our version
2: of- And then actually doing it, I thought we would just want to spend every minute in the woods, which we did, but actually, coming into town was so much nicer than i ever would have thought you appreciate everything yeah. just couldn't wait to sleep in a bed Running which water. makes me like... sad to say i wish that i was like oh yeah i can't i'm just dreaming of my role mat i can't wait to see <laughs> i
1: think you've got to be you've got to be honest about those things though because you can't like if, if that's genuinely how you're feeling like yeah like a lot of the time on the trail you're just talking about what you're going to eat in town like that's just like everyone that you meet is like what are you dreaming of you know and they're like oh pizza um and but like it's in the moment you know like and actually it's it's if that's what you're, you're feeling happy. that's what you're feeling I think you have to be kind of realistic I guess, um, we I did guess... love it though like mm. like when you especially look back I, I guess I guess you compare it to like I don't know I haven't got a baby but when you give birth and you forget the pain and you remember the good things like it's kind of like that We're like you forget all the bad things and you
2: just remember the trees blowing and yeah yeah just remember the good things and the pizza I guess other things we took away from it were not just from the Appalachian Trail but just camping in general is that uh, we're probably in a really content place where we where we have to do lots of tasks and life is kind of hard because you don't have running water and You don't have a fridge and you don't have a nice comfy sofa, but you don't miss it when you're there. Mm. It's just you've just got to do these things and they like give you real purpose. Just collecting water and filtering water, you have to do it. You don't question doing it. Um Yeah,
1: it's like not a chore, is it? It's just a a thing that you do to survive. Had
2: like a really good day just doing these doing these jobs that are that fill your day and you don't necessarily have to do like exercise but you have been exercised because you've just been doing all of these menial tasks all day um, and we I guess we brought some of that back um, moving on from the Appalachian trial we came up with a plan to start our own business um, which we plan to do that because it would be outside it should be with nature Um, And we should be able to dictate our own hours and potentially take, hopefully we're planning to take the winter off Mm. um, because not much is going on in gardens at that time. Um, We did that for just over two years and it basically wasn't really ticking those boxes. um, In many of those ways, it was good for learning, but in terms of what we actually wanted from life and we, we learned a lot from it, but, for example, we learned that lawn care isn't very environmentally friendly. Um, and it was very difficult to actually take time off because of owning your own business, which loads of people do. And it, again, it's quite fun because there's always stuff to do. But at some point, there's too much to do. Yeah, and my brain, well, it didn't cope very well sometimes. Um, so, yeah, that that happened. Yeah. But,
1: like, this just... I guess the simplicity of the trail and like being able to walk from A to B and actually get yourself somewhere on foot, you know, be able to look at a map and go, I walked from kind of pretty much Florida to Canada is cool. And, and cool. just like, just knowing that you've, you've got that on your own steam, like carrying yeah. everything on your back, mm. like simple, you know, and we, you know, there's all the different ways of doing it. Um, but we pride ourselves on it being like, We did it the purest way you know we carried it all we never slap packed and um
2: we didn't know there was another way
1: yeah we didn't know (laughs) so we just out to do it and we're like we can't change now
2: we wanted to go we wanted to go from (laughs) south to north all the way with the backpacks on every meter of the way we didn't realize there was another option and then we and we everybody else was slap packing which is where you like, go to a hostel, you leave your bag there, you do a section and you return to the hostel that night. Or well, someone takes okay. your
1: bag to the next section for um, you.
2: And for some reason, we just denied ourselves that luxury. <laughs> we, decided, we were like, you
1: can't change your mind now, because if you change now, you'd, like, change the... Anyway, we were, we, yeah. Then you do it but to yourself. Anyway, that, I guess when we got back home, that was the things that we missed was, like, just, like, if your phone just doesn't work or it doesn't have signal, it's fine, because mm. what can you do in the woods or... Um, you know it really was just those simple parts of enjoying and actually I think you said it um, just having purpose like mm. the hike every, every day waking up knowing that your purpose was to walk this many miles to reach this point and if you could reach this point that was even better and you'd be <laughs> satisfied every day because you were like I've done the miles, yeah. I've got some food I've got water like that's you were happy with just that and that was like awesome and then as human beings obviously we get home and you're like oh like shopping or you know you get excited by everything else again and you fall back into the old ways but I mean I think that's
0: yeah (laughs) I'm I'm interested actually because I, I love that you have the awareness there to be able to pinpoint that sense of purpose that being on the trail provides and I think that's what's so appealing about it for people you know Uh, certainly these longer trails is it's a a step away from the ordinary and the mundane into something adventurous and exciting it's routine it's it's yeah it's got that sense of purpose and meaning because you have not only a goal but it's a shared goal with the other people you're meeting on the trail and that's something that we just don't really have anymore because we don't have the same societal structures and community and I'm, I'm, I'm just curious because it's it's quite a common phrase did you experience um any of the the commonly coined post-expedition blues or were you just sort of coming back and thrown straight into your running your business
2: um
1: no, we definitely, yeah. Did.
2: We, definitely we watched did. a video
1: before we went that said, uh, the relation trout ruined, ruined my life, life. and oh. we were like, ha, ha 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 ha. Um, because he talks about being like really, you know, that nothing was the same when he got mm. home, and that was, ex- that was exactly how we felt like you couldn't look at anything <laughs> in the same way. Like, wow. one, I couldn't look at a stick without thinking it was a snake, <laughs> which oh. is not good. um, and two, um, yeah, you just kept even now it's like been four years and i think people must be fed up i just can't stop well i'm always just like oh yeah like on the at because it was literally like the thing you know if i walk in the woods i'm imagining white blazes on the trees
2: like
1: i always go back to that which is kind of like our our little inspiration but we've
2: got like a map upstairs um and when we go to bed like putting on nature sounds and I just like to imagine myself lying in the tent the Appalachian yeah. that's just what puts me to sleep every night which is, uh, it's brilliant we've got
1: to get a new tri- we've got to get out of this house
2: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: no I, I I like to talk about this because I mean I I don't know how many thousands of miles I've done I've not done you know 2,000 plus miles in one go but I know that 2019 I wa- walked nearly 6,000 miles and wow. you just I, I do a lot that's of walking so many miles <laughs> um well that's kind of what happens when you make a career out of it so (laughs) yeah 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 oh my goodness um it 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 is true it's you I like that uh I don't know who it was or if I was just talking to myself at some point which probably sounds really weird I'm I'm not gonna edit that out I'm just gonna let it happen um that it feels like you go on the trail and you start off as a certain puzzle piece and the trail molds you and shapes you almost like clay and you come back a slightly different shape and then you're trying to fit back into your your previous shape in your life and you just can't because Mm. you've you've grown and molded whilst everybody else has just continued in their their normal shape and it is it's it's very hard and that's where I feel the sort of the through hiking backpacking community is a very a sacred space almost because there's people who do understand that. And, and you guys saying about, Oh, you know, we're never going to stop talking about the AT like don't own it. Like I can say in um, 2014, I was 18 years old and I did Kilimanjaro um, we were shooting the film and I still, I'm still singing the Kilimanjaro song, like every single day. I'm still remembering it's, it's a part of me, you know? And so, yeah, yeah. and the AT is part of you because of what you've gone through individually mm-hmm. and together. And um, I think that's something to celebrate, and everyone else can just get over it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you have to keep listening. you keep you... hearing your grandparents' stories? And I mean, we're, we're already early doing early. that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> start early.
1: <laughs> do you yeah. find um, I, think the whole, I think one of the one of the things is. is people not understanding what what like yeah like you said but like trying to explain to people that haven't done it or aren't hikers Mm. kind of what you got from it or what you know I think people just one they can't comprehend the amount of mileage that you've just done doesn't matter how far it is but like whether you've done a hundred mile you know um, Mm. way or or two thousand like people can't kind of comprehend that and they also don't understand that like fluctuating and that rollercoaster of emotions. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's really hard because you just say they just take it as face value and they just take it as the, you know, Oh, she's talking about that trail again. Yeah. And you're just like, but you don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Whoa. You know, like,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I feel you with that, you know, and I think there's sort of two things I've learned because as I say, I've been going off for However long, doing thousands of miles each year, and as I say, not in the one go, but it's it's taken me here, there, and everywhere. And I've certainly found that when I come back, like initially when I would finish a trail, because I I do and or have done and do a lot of solo hiking, I would sort of contact people at the end, and you know, and then gradually it just felt like. I remember one time it's just a really small trail. It just took two days to do, um, called the Gritstone Trail near the Peak District, and I got to is it Kids Grove Station, which is the end? And I I just touched the plaque and I just stood there and I felt really sad and really hollow. And I wanted to pick up the phone to somebody, but I don't have anybody in my life who who really gets it like my parents do they did hiking and things and still do a bit but I didn't want to talk to them either so I got to the station and I just sat on the bench and I actually just talked to myself as though I was talking to somebody that that could say what I wanted to hear and it sort of just helped me feel strong enough to receive whatever came my way from somebody else and then the second thing that I found is coming back from these trips or, you know, traveling or or anything you do that sort of really builds you up and excites you, it's very easy to be caught up in your own story. But whilst your story or our story is going on, everybody else is living their lives too. And theirs is just as important. You know, maybe they had a a really cool conversation at work or with a friend or they, I don't know, found a new place in the woods. And I always like to try and emphasize um, sort of an interest in what's been going on in their life as well. And and then sort of just drop in my stuff as and when it feels relevant. And it, it almost is a swallowing of what you've gone through and holding it inside of you. Mm-hmm. But if that's what's so special about you guys doing that together is, you know, that you can talk about it all day, every day and still feel that excitement and that connection. And I have, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I mean, obviously it brings you together, but it helps you dream and move forwards as well. So yeah, that's, that's very cool. <laughs> no you're
1: totally right I think you can get lost in it and you can almost have this like view that what you've done is more important than more
0: mm. because that's what's
1: important to us doesn't mean it's important to other people so exactly right in that. Mm-hmm. like you get yeah. lost in the excitement mm. and I can I can definitely hold my hands up like yeah definitely get get like that where I'm like uh oh, but my thing is way more exciting yeah. but then you're like focus
0: that's it focus. <laughs> 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 but, but yeah no uh. cool. No, it's it's a, it's all, always that learning. New
2: experience, um, trail blues.
0: Ah, coming back. Um, I feel like my life is just a permanent trail blues. Sometimes <laughs> um, <laughs> it's sunny outside. I'm sad I'm not out there. Yet. Yeah, no, it's it's very tricky because obviously when we touch on it, I I do spend a lot of time doing this, and it's it's almost. I've experienced the sort of trail blues or expedition blues, you know, coming back from something. I mean, probably the most severe was after Kilimanjaro because it was my first thing. I was young. I didn't really have have that emotional awareness. And I was in a pretty sad environmental situation as well. So it's not like there was anything around me to sort of keep me going. And I sort of didn't really get up or move for three months. (laughs) Um, And I just kind of stopped eating and yeah, it was really not good. But then there was an underlying depression and mental health condition there at the same time anyway. Um, these days I'm called kind of ready for it, but also with the structure of how I run Spend More Time in the Wild. I mean, it's kind of just like right now we're, we're moving into spring and it's like, okay, sort of the, you know, those like childhood um, sling things, what are they called? Sling um, that's it, slingshots, exactly, where they're like pulling back the pressure on the elastic band, like that's what feels like it's happening, and as soon as we can go, it's like the season is going to be like boom, 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 because it is often, I'm on one trail, come back for a couple of days, next trail, come back, and sort of safeguarding myself through that, it sounds like the idyllic life, but it's hard work and Mm -hmm. certainly then when it gets to sort of winter season and you are tempted to just carry on and be like oh go south and just do summer down down south you know in the southern hemisphere but there has to be a pause there has to be that breathe and actually it's very tempting to run around the world and see everything and do everything and be everything but actually there's so much around us at home and you know that's that's certainly Mm -hmm. something that lockdown is teaching a lot of people that actually there is value in in being at home and and and, um, appreciating the local patch and I certainly hope that those lockdown learnings can be carried forward in the future when we are back to the freedoms of traveling and exploring, that we can still come home, breathe in deeply and feel equally as as satisfied and and content. Yeah. I
2: hope so. Like in terms of having the the chill time, there's been, it seems to be um, for the last, I don't know, since we've been traveling, it's like go traveling, stop traveling, earn some money, also have a rest yeah. and just put your feet on the ground, enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, because you don't, the travelling is, is really fun and it's got its own excitement, it's got its own exhaustion, but it also doesn't, you don't have, you have different friendships, but you don't have your old friendships and you don't have your family. And, yeah. and also it's, I've, yeah, it's, it's good to have both. I don't feel like you could do either forever.
1: Yeah. No, I think you well, stopped. maybe you
2: can do one actually, because lots of people do do one. Um, but you definitely can't do the travelling, or it feels nice to stop.
1: Yeah, I kind yeah. of think that we got to like six months of travelling around South and Central. I don't. I mean, other people might be different, but we started. You know, you'd get kind of.
2: Over you it. would stop
1: seeing the views like yeah. you like you seen them for the first time. Like yeah. it you, it not doesn't lose the magic. It's still just beautiful. But you because you're quite tired and because you've been doing it a long time, you stop appreciating them in the same way. And I don't. They don't deserve that. They deserve yeah. you to be like there you know so i think yeah you need to rest and recuperate and kind of restore yourself a little bit so it. you can go back yeah. and so actually this lockdown's great because when we can go and go further afield hopefully we can actually take a. you know we'll be really happy and yeah. it'll mean more because we can
2: so, we're so, so free again
0: yeah exactly yes. and it's it's funny isn't it because we are such an adaptive species and we're so able to do so much but it as soon as there's any kind of like routine even if it's an adventurous routine it becomes normal and it loses that sprinkle of magic so um but actually talking of of you know past chapters let's have a chat about future chapters now so you guys throughout 2020 certainly since the summer of 2020 have been rather busy working on a van now i know that the whole van life hashtag van life has uh certainly kicked off worldwide and i can definitely see the appeal but i'm interested as to why you guys have decided to get yourself um a long wheeled van um or long base van and uh what what hopefully it's going to steer you into the future
2: yeah uh so i guess a little bit of background is we tried to we, we tried to get a mortgage. Um, we
1: tried all of the normal things
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we tried to normal. get a mortgage but we basically didn't qualify it was very stressful mm. and because,
1: because we're freelance and because we had our own business and it was just all a bit too young and, uh, and it just became yeah. too stressful
2: and the plan was we didn't necessarily really want a mortgage because we quite like the free life but it's the sensible thing to do and that fell through and then we got rid of the business and then we were like well we can, there's no way we can even get a mortgage now uh let's get a we originally just wanted to Hike for the summer and then like see what ha- hike for the summer. See what inspiration takes us while we're on our journey and then start again. Lockdown happened, so we're like, okay, well we can't hike anymore. Uh, let's do something else that would make sense and be and really good. My friends good. were
1: like, you should just build one. Like you guys could yeah. definitely do it. And we're like, nah nah nah, 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 nah. And then suddenly we're like, actually, it could work out being, you know, financially, you know, more more feasible to actually build our own um, than buy one. And it turns out Tom's a uh, natural carpenter. So it's all
2: good. Look fun. at that. <laughs> career from it. Um, so, yeah, we spent, we originally thought it was going to take um, sort of two to three months because of what other people are doing. But we had also quite, yeah, right. I guess, quite high expectations. <laughs> and also we had the luxury of, um, like, time, basically. Mm. So we actually spent more like six months pretty much permanently doing it. Uh, Max was helping, but also freelancing on the side, um, and we used basically our savings and what we sold the business for um, to help us get into that um, so yeah, it's been been really good we We started it in June and pretty much finished it at Christmas July, yeah. July. Um, but it was it was a really awesome learning curve and quite overwhelming at the beginning. Um, so much to learn, but really fun, like so involving. And practical um
1: you've got that like functional fitness of just being on your feet all day long and (sighs) feeling tired and your muscles aching because you've been holding like a screwdriver all day, not because you've been sitting at a desk. Mm. yeah, I definitely had like jealousy when I had to like sit on my laptop, like looking out the window, like, oh dumb. And then obviously as the weather changed, I was thinking, Oh no, I've got to be inside, I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) So we did it all we just did it on our driveway, which has no we don't have a garage, we don't have any cover. So um, that makes life a little bit harder. So we used the van as much as possible as the workshop as well as building in it, which does get quite small. Um, also, we just embraced the suck, which is actually a hiker says that. Yeah. Um, and just, you go work, uh, because it's quite fun and you're building your own house, there's no, it might be freezing and it, the only reason you can't do it in the rain is because the tools are electric. Um, <laughs> and yeah so
1: it's really cool just to watch your like little house come together and to know that well we lived in a tent so i guess that's another thing from the relation trial is that now we've done it everything goes back to well we've done that so you can do anything like which is a really nice thing to have because we can live in a in a i mean it's like spacious compared to the tent so
2: um i, I guess the reason to have the ban is for the freedom i guess financially it's not obviously going to be completely free there's quite a lot of financial ties that come with owning a van and I guess security worries um, like you could crash it or you could get nicked but you can do certain things against these and at some point you've just got to commit to it mm-hmm. so I guess in terms of the lifestyle we're trying to go for is we, we know that living on a trail is really hard and setting up a new life every time which we've done I think like three times like finding a place to stay looking for a job is probably the worst part of travelling. Is just having Sitting to like,
1: like, yeah, yeah
2: it's up it's it's quite tough for for sort of six weeks until you've mm. got everything settled again so i'm um, hoping
1: that this, this enables us to do it all
2: well yeah <laughs> it's Obviously, the solution
1: every, to all of our problems everything's no, going to come with its own uh, its own issues and we've said from the start that you know we'll try it out and if we don't like it you can mm-hmm. we can sell it like so we never go into anything thinking that it's it's you know has to be permanent um we always just think oh well we'll give it a go at least we won't regret that we didn't because yeah, you know... exactly. ever since we... we started traveling people just kept saying I wish I had done it I wish I'd done mm. this I wish I'd done this and I think what we've learned is that if you want something you can make it happen yeah. and then if you don't like it you can change it like the worst thing you can do is, is just we can just go and get different jobs and rent a house like that's literally the worst thing that can happen so
2: yeah, that yeah it's, it's quite interesting <laughs>
0: yeah that's a uh, it's, it's very powerful actually. I you don't hear too many people talk like that anymore, I don't feel. Um, I think it, it,
2: sorry, go on. Oh, there was a couple of other things people would say, oh, yeah, it's good to do it while you're young, get it yes. out of your system. And we're like, is this what you're supposed to do? Because I don't want to do the other stuff, I just want to. <laughs> maybe not in the same way but yeah and also like when we
1: got back it's like oh you, you've got to have your sister now you're gonna settle mm.
2: down oh,
1: I hate that term I settle hate that down too, right? like, yeah. feels, <laughs> settle down feels like I mean to me yeah I get other people like they use it in a different way and it means something to them but for mm. me settle down feels like you're compromising or you're settling yeah. for the thing that you could you know you're you, yeah it just seems the opposite to life and I think
2: Opposite to life. Well it does, yeah. like it's
1: opposite to like living, like where I've, I'm very short, sure, like we're very here for a very short time yeah so if we can make it, make the most of it without having to settle down that'll be, I mean maybe one day we will, we may mm. hate living in the van and be like actually we just want a house <laughs> and a nine-to-five and that's fine
2: that's, <laughs> at least we tried that's it. That's always the fallback is what's the worst that can happen is that we go back to working nine to five and getting a house which if that's the worst thing, that's brilliant because yeah, that, it's great. That's not that bad. I mean, it's, no, it's, it's, it's really good. It's just
1: not not for us. It's not our first priority. Uh, I guess. Do you find that when you or, do you find people ask you that, like, when are you gonna like stop hiking and settle down? Like,
0: well, when are you, when are you gonna get a proper job? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I have a full time business, so uh, what else do we need to do? <laughs> yeah, it's um, I just really like that you guys have you've looked at the whole. Rounded approach of this and, and and what I was saying earlier is the fact that you're okay to just try something out And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work But you gave it a try and you're not crippled by the fear of things going wrong or of it not working out um, You know, yeah, maybe you have concerns and worries or you have had concerns and worries, but you're giving it a go anyway And I, it clearly testifies to you guys being a good team and being able to sort of bounce ideas off and, and show up to things together um, yeah, I think it's, it's very admirable and, and very exciting. Um, so I look forward to following along and seeing where you guys end up with all this. <laughs> so
1: do we. <laughs> I think that's the whole idea of it takes a journey, is that we're like,
2: <laughs> where is it going to take what us? what happens. We, Max has actually had a new approach, which is um, I'm always like, we need to, from, from like uni, you're like, you've got to have a business plan, you've got to have a plan, you've got to make a plan, you've got to try and stick to the plan, plan it, just plan it. And this time, Max was like, listen, so far our plans in terms of uh, COVID
1: just changes everything. COVID
2: and like the So Green, the lawn care business, not the best plan, it turns out. And Max was like, listen, just roll with the punches, man. Just take it easy. Don't plan it all. I mean, have a bit of a plan, but you don't have to have it really planned. Because also, like, it's like, the, like know, well, I don't know how to deal with this. I need, I need <laughs> a plan. I need to know what I'm doing tomorrow. Like, I
1: think- what do you mean,
2: no plan? I'm like, okay. Hmm, how do i plan for no plan <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think tomorrow's fine but like i think like, we don't we don't know what it's like to live in the van so we might mm-hmm. get in and hate it so you can't make it all these plans for like living in the van it's great but
2: and um, yeah as you say covid is but
1: then yeah uh,
2: covid COVID's
1: like. kind of showing shown, shown us that you've got you've got to be flexible otherwise you're yeah. literally your life is over because yeah. all your plans and dreams have been knocked out of the park and if you can't yeah. change it and You'll be miserable. (laughs)
0: Exactly. The first thing that goes is the plan, hey? (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's it. Make a new plan. Make a new plan. Plan two. Plan B. (laughs) Yeah. So you guys, I mean, we've talked about very briefly, um, it takes a journey. So you're running this online space. You're sharing your story through, you know, socials, through really very good blogs. I I love the way you guys articulate things and your visuals as well there. Um, And I would just like to very briefly touch on the two charities that you you guys are both engaged with so that's reach um and mind
1: yes um reach is an awesome charity for uh, upper limb difference um and we now actually do um we like working part-time doing their uh, newsletter which is really awesome um I, it's it's yeah it just shows, shows you that actually when you're doing something that you're really passionate about like the time just you know flies out of the window and we've really enjoyed doing that and I, I really enjoyed speaking to kind of other other reach parents and members and things and, and getting involved so um yeah it's just trying to help help children it's a children's charity so it's trying to help children you know grow up with representation and with help uh, physical or mental help that they need just to support and to create a community community for them to have people around them and know that being different isn't isn't is okay basically
2: so yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it has been there's been a good experience <laughs> and even a bit of a sidetrack on that note is that um when we closed down our business we weren't exactly sure what we were going to do but when you have the time to be open to opportunities then well you can do these things so then out of the blue come, yeah. reach turned up and it's really it it fits in with your value our values quite well yeah
1: weirdly weirdly, wasn't it It it's just like mm -hmm. they they suddenly advertised for they needed a copywriter and and a designer for their newsletter which is like a weird combination to one and we were like we could do that (laughs) (laughs) um you know so um that it just seems too perfect and i think like you said it it, when uh, some doors close other doors open but you've got to be open to see those opportunities exactly
2: yeah
0: and trust in
1: the timing
2: yeah, and just going back to to reach a bit more from, you joined it last year, and it it basically opened your eyes a bit more to...
1: Yes, yeah, well, I hadn't worn short sleeves for, like, probably since I was, like, really small, so i have been really shy, so since kind of becoming a member again, I guess I saw the importance of it, um, and, I, mm. and I started wearing short sleeves because I started to think, actually, if I can be an advocate for, for, for limb difference and people can see me, then I'm helping children that are born today, which every day there's children being born with indifference, which I didn't realise, um, that hopefully they grow up seeing other people and seeing people on TV and seeing, yeah. you know, and, and people can see me and think, oh, okay, she's just got a different arm. Like, that's it. And hopefully that will change their point of view. So it gave me like a purpose and a reason. So then when we were able to join and, and work for each, it was it just felt really, felt perfect, really. So, yeah, yeah that's that was it's really nice. nice.
2: And, it's nice to see all the kids um, too be a bit more of a part of it. You get sent these like cute little photos of these little kids and, and we don't have any kids and you, you have the discussion, but then you see them and you're like, Oh, these guys are so cute. We'll put everybody on the front cover. Yeah, to get involved. Um, yeah. and my, well, from mind uh, or involvement with mind is, um, to raise money for the cause, um, due to well I feel like everybody suffers from some mental health from time to time some more than others um between me and Max we're we're fairly good most of the time um and our families also have things going on let's say um so yeah it's it's a good cause and particularly during lockdown you hear of all sorts of stories um of sort of Mental mm-hmm. health due to isolation, and 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 you realise again. I guess you realise how many people potentially, I don't know if have or had or have
1: affected by maybe.
2: Yeah, but I also found because of going on longer walks with individuals, at just one on one. No, we've talked about things I would have. I don't think we've ever talked about before, but I feel like it's become a lot more open recently. But equally, that might be because of the bubble that we've created all right in but I don't think so I think everybody's it feels like it's on the radio people are talking about on tv Uh, you've been talking about it for for a long while so and it's it's a good thing to not get hung up on necessarily but to be open to again Mm. Um, and it's a yeah raising money for any charity is good and these are the ones that are closest to our hearts
0: yeah no I think it's 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 so great that you guys do that and you're, you're contributing to that bigger picture, as well as obviously just sharing, sharing your story, which is powerful enough. And um, I think you're right, Tom, sort of talking about mental health and how sort of the profile of it, is, is, it is very slowly becoming everyday conversation. And sometimes that's empowering, sometimes not, but I think that's down to the individual but uh, listen, we have touched on so much in this conversation, and I am—I mean, I've been just enjoying it thoroughly. Uh, but I think to sort of round this up, I'd like to just ask you um, each individually and then together what your hopes are for the future. Oh, that's a It's
2: a big one, that one. <laughs> Diving in deep. Um, <laughs> what's your five-year plan? Oh my. Uh, we've decided no plans, no no. no, no. Yeah. Think, um,
1: do you know what? I really don't know. And like that's, uh, I think just because I know we what don't we're doing.
2: know. I've got plan. It. Um,
1: I think um, just finding something, I think right now we feel like we are really on everything, is changing all the time, and, and we've got all of our doors open to yeah. opportunities. That's what kind of it feels like. And I'm really excited. Um, because I think that we won't really know where we're going until, well, COVID, you know, and we can kind of go and we want to do our walk for good. We, we do really still want to do our national trails around the UK. That would be, I think that's that's for the immediate future. That's probably our focus. Um, and just find a, strike a balance between being able to do lots of hiking that we enjoy and to be able to do that. I think, I think that's, I think so
2: that's, like, I guess in, in part of it it's like live live a bit simpler and live a bit slower very mm. difficult to actually find that balance um I, we've been watching a lot of ben fogel's new lives in the wild and we've been
1: yeah we're feeling
2: really inspired by some of those kind of things and um, just getting
1: on track with our like we're just getting back to cooking and trying it We're tra- we're always just trying to well we're always overthinking everything but we're always just trying to like find a balance with like food and health and like exercise you know you exercise too much and then you're suddenly like oh i've done it i've overdone it and just trying to find that middle ground constantly um, which, earning money and yeah and having to earn money but not yeah. having to work yourself into the ground um and, and actually saving some time back for for just you know to be able to read a book and, and to actually also be able to give yourself that time because it's hard to actually stop yeah. sometimes um and just just trying to find that like balance where you're like happy and healthy and you feel
2: it's a tricky balance yeah I it guess is I... whilst
1: you're also trying to explore and see everything <laughs> yeah and <laughs> <being>
2: environmentally friendly <laughs> oh, um, yeah. i guess i would hope that um this is really idealistic i guess hopefully we'll find a nice cabin in the woods somewhere that isn't really far away from a community here, so you're part of a community we can grow some veg and we can, I want earn, chickens. we can earn some <laughs> money through something that we enjoy that we don't need a lot. Um, but I don't know exactly what. Yeah. Simple life. To, yeah. yeah, something like that. But then, but then there's always a bit of the grass is always greener. And there's always a bit of uh, trying to be calm and enjoy what you've got. Because there's always, there's always more stuff, which is annoying in some ways. Um
1: yeah, just trying to get away from that like striving for constantly striving. I think we all need something to look forward to, but yeah, trying to actually not just always be looking ahead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think sort of what I'm taking away from that is just to stay in the present and make the most of it.
1: Hopefully. (laughs) See what happens.
2: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well that's uh yeah, it'll be it'll be nice to walk the trails and then somewhere have a have a rest. Um potentially we're talking like potentially write a book, see how the year goes, see how inspired you're feeling. Um and me, but Max is obviously I'm so dyslexic that the book <laughs> would be gobbledygook. Uh so Max is gonna have to do the, the legwork on that. Otherwise, um
1: we'd love to have a hike with you. Oh yeah, oh, be I huge.
0: think that would be so cool. I was thinking about that at like ten minutes ago, I was like, We're going for a yeah,
2: walk yeah. at some point. <laughs> yeah,
1: that would be great. Uh,
2: there's yeah. also um Impala is organising a mass start for joggle. Yeah, Have you I'm heard not. of this? I haven't but actually. It's, it's the
1: great to land's end. It's yeah. an
2: open invite. I'm I'm pretty sure. So anybody who wants yeah. to take part. But he's he's, um, he's mass. He's trying to mass start joggle. So um, try and create a bit of a American um, culture. American yeah. bubble. Yeah. Um, but anyway
0: that sounds cool sharing
2: with the hiking community
0: have to have to look that up after we finish actually all right then guys so to round this up um i have 10 quick fire questions for you so um your answers can be um a little bit more padded out if you want to but uh if you're ready we'll kick this thing off all right we've
2: had your questions
0: (laughs) that's it you know what's coming
2: Uh, yeah i can't quite remember remember them
0: (laughs) Okay, first question is, what was the last book you read and loved?
1: Spoonfed by by Tim Spector. Mm,
2: that was good.
0: That
1: was a great book.
2: Yeah. I'm What's that about? With,
1: well, it's like uh, it's busting, busting the myths that we think Aww. about food and it's, cool. it it basically just says that every food is very personal for everyone, yeah. which is yeah. a really nice, but it's also, a very clean way of looking at we, it all.
2: We've been mm. given uh, potentially false information due to um, bad science i guess and maybe the um industry, yeah. the food industry and yeah. corruption <laughs> yeah. Well, was definitely sure?
0: a, a podcast for another day i think <laughs> yes, yes definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go it's with, quite
1: refreshing it's a refreshing week and you just think okay it all just goes back to nature yeah, it cool. all just comes back to being natural and
2: myself and, yeah. cool awesome so, And don't overthink it and i yeah. said
1: we, we read that together yeah. Okay, oh, I, read it read it I read it out loud.
2: Audible. Pre audible. And also The Salt Path, we enjoyed ah, listening Ah, It's a good
0: book. Uh, yeah, we listened to that driving down to Italy and, uh, yeah, very enjoyable. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm, that's a good one. Are you morning or evening people? I'm going to be
2: a morning person. Yeah, probably morning. Sometimes for, for way morning. too morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, mornings by the evening, we're
0: like, um, yeah, 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 motivation of spin, disappears. <laughs> yeah, I can uh, relate to that. <laughs> um, okay, next question question three If you were reincarnated as an ice cream flavor, what flavor would you yeah.
2: be? I thought about this. What are you? I, I, I'm vanilla because it might be boring, but you know you know, you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have thought about that yeah um, I've definitely not thought about that I just went I just thought of chocolate because it's my favorite
0: oh well, that's all right
2: <laughs> I that's think good. yeah
1: probably chocolate because it's always tasty wait that's not me oh that's weird no I, <laughs>
2: chocolate, <that's just> chocolate.
0: <laughs> I think the trick with this question is to not overthink it
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just suddenly realized you said True, reincarnate I was like wait would be neat oh no that's weird um anyway chocolate's tasty
0: Chocolate
2: is good. Chocolate is good.
0: Okay, question four. What did you want to be when you were growing
2: up? I, I wanted to be a pilot, but um, mm. I wasn't clever enough. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, I did some work experience in the RAF as like an engineer. And I was like, this is great, but it's not being a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> and Max?
1: Um, I, don't, I don't know. Oh, I remember wanting to be a, to have like a, I went to Centre Parks, so basically I wanted my own Centre Parks called Maxine's, and um, <laughs> and I was going to have like uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory style like lickable wallpaper, that's wow. the only thing,
0: wow. that <laughs> really random,
1: stumbled. oh I had all the things, oh yeah because I was too young to go in the rapids and stuff so I had all the things that I was allowed to, to go in. <laughs> Yeah, that's really random, but
0: yeah. Well, I, I like that. That's uh, that. niche. <laughs> that yeah. yeah. Um Okay, next question. What is your most unusual talent for each of you?
2: Now, I remember thinking. I remember thinking about the question. Obviously, never came up with an it answer.
1: Depends on your de-
2: definition of talent. I, we really liked. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. Um, you have to give us a bit more than
1: that. Right. <laughs> Um uh, Mr. Moss, who you had uh, on your podcast. Oh, I Stephen Moss, that. yeah. Stephen, yeah. we really loved his answer because that was great. Like saying that he's he not, oh. not listening to his
2: wife's <laughs> yeah, but, like really good memory. For, um, yeah, but yeah. what is? Uh, I
1: don't
0: know. I, I
2: can lick my nose. I think that's qualified Oh yeah,
0: can, are we are we allowed to see that today? Look at that.
2: <laughs> I, think I, I figured out I could do that on my twenty first birthday. So I was like, winning. That is so good. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh i don't know i really don't know it's that secret yeah i haven't figured well, it out okay. yet. That's maybe,
0: probably maybe it. if you find something we'll pop it in the show notes for the listeners <laughs> yeah yeah
1: no, I, I, yeah
0: Fair enough. Just being awesome. yeah ah. there you go we'll take that <laughs> um okay question six who has inspired you most in your life
2: that's a good one um
0: i have to say him it's
2: really hard to pick one person yeah
1: I have to but, say Tom because he has always been super motivated. I've never met anyone that's so motivated and like like he did an Iron Man like a few years ago and literally no at the end he was still smiling. Like he you were like, Well, i on, not long to go and he's like, Yeah.
2: Max is still. nervous inspiring <laughs> 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 No, I feel like uh, oh, no, it's too hard. Um, every, everybody's got at the, okay, recently, this does not qualify for everything, uh, Ant Middleton, because um, he's just got this dogged positivity where he's so, I, I feel like he's so determined to be ultimately positive that he doesn't let negativity get in his way, which... Really hard, which is yeah, really hard to do. But he somehow seems to pull it off, and I'm like, if I can take a bit of that, that will be really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's good. It's good. It is amazing to have people around us who model that positive attitude and just keep going. And it really almost throws a line out to us to to keep us going as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So, what do you think will matter to you most in your life when you are 80 years old?
1: I think that we just that we if we want that we wanted to do something and we set out to do it like i think that for me is really important to not have regrets yeah. and i think i don't want to look back and think i wish i had done that i i want to like be able to look back and go cool we tried it all and whether whether if it failed
2: which of um, the 100 things that we tried did we yeah exactly <laughs>
1: yeah. And, yeah i think that, yeah
2: yeah I agree. regrets
0: Awesome, no, that's really good. Okay, two simpler ones to come. So, the first question we'll do them together actually. What's your favorite food? And the second question, what's your favorite outdoor space?
2: Favorite food? Mm, it's probably just be pizza. Yeah, normally. Nice. Good old pizza, like a great pizza. I could eat that probably six days. <laughs> <laughs> Still
1: I, I put. We make like a really great Mexican bowl. What we call a Mexican mm. bowl, with just like Ooh. just like rice and beans and like right. guacamole and sweet potatoes, and it's just it's always great.
2: And it's like super colourful, very filling. Feels um, like yeah. you've got all of the nutrition that you'd ever need ever. Yeah, and
1: it's so heavy on carbs. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's
2: like, <laughs> well, winning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and open, and open space. Mm, that's a hard one. I've
2: got a local open space which I've really enjoyed walking during lockdown um is that we live near some sheep fields and there's a it's, a, it's like a valley with the sheep fields at the bottom and it goes up into woodland at the top and it's just beautiful it's really green the sheep look pretty the woodland's <laughs> awesome the trail you can like see it lead off and every time i'm there you never just walk through it like ah oh, you know you always know i always notice it it's great it's yeah. like, this is a beautiful place to be and it's five minutes away
0: wow yeah
2: <laughs>
1: yeah um i'm gonna probably at the moment anyway because i don't like i'm like I'm always moving and always there'll be another favorite space right now I'm probably going to follow in stephen moss's uh, uh they say the loop
0: which yeah. is what we, oh, call,
1: yeah. what we call a loop near us the loop. that is You've just great because it's ever-changing and you get a bit of everything a bit of woods
2: a bit of countryside so yeah yeah it's
0: loop. Loop. Yeah. loop well it's
2: what other people call them the it's the
0: loop the yeah loop. the loop or uh you yeah the for, loop. for me the loop is well we have two we have the bobby loop bobby is my little dog and we'll take him on the little walk and then we have uh, the morning walk loop which i do each morning so <laughs> yeah but it's definitely a thing <laughs> yeah it comes back to that importance and and gratitude for the local spaces doesn't it so no i love that sure. um okay last question do you guys have any catchphrases or mantras that you live your life by
2: yes it's hard to remember them all because there's like so many that fit every situation right sure uh, um there's currently i'm always going on no not going on um be the change you want to see that's a mm. nice one that's strong at the moment love that yeah. one yeah uh enjoy the suck that's one from um i heard it from a through hiker on youtube and basically yeah. it means the silver lining in the horrible situations yeah because it'll be over at some point and yeah. well you may as well not hate it because <laughs> you may as well try and enjoy it yeah sure
1: <laughs> i think uh make it happen i think that's like mm. a really big thing that we've always just we've just done like demonstrated to ourselves that if yeah. you want something we'll make it happen somehow it if happen. you want it bad enough yeah but also um on the at was uh don't make permanent decisions based on temporary feelings mm-hmm. so I think there there wasn't, it wasn't an option to quit. But I think if you think in life, yeah, you're always going to come out of that dip, aren't you? So you can't make life-changing decisions based at at that low period. You've got to wait to get over it before you go, okay, was it really that bad or was I just having (laughs) a So yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: I'd just say yes, which I feel was a bit more of a younger me's, phrase but it's still a good one because you Mm. can't say yes to everything but you really should try to if you can because the more I feel like the more experiences you can do even if they're random ones the or if they don't work the better or if they don't work Um, there's one more that I just just disappeared all of them them. yeah yeah Yeah. I,
0: I think there's some uh really good things in there actually and um some good good steering forces that'll keep you on track with with your values so just to, to finish this thing off then i'd love if you guys could sort of leave the listeners with any sort of parting advice in in any of the fields that we've touched on i mean we've talked you know about travel about limb differences about mental health about building a van is there any sort of concluding thoughts you'd like to leave listeners with that could perhaps empower them um, regardless of the situation that they find themselves in
2: definitely get outside and spend more time in the wild that is that is that is so true um, even if it's I guess even if it's five minutes more like even if it's I feel like a really good amount of time minimum is like half an hour because then you can get out and at the beginning you're still like a bit tense from whatever it is that you might have been doing and you're still like you're still in that moment thinking about those things and then get a bit of a walk on and start trying to like be in the moment and like just see the things that are around you and not worry about those things because mm. they'll be back don't worry <laughs> yeah
1: um i think it's just that um everything seems scarier uh, like you said before like everything's scarier in your head um yeah. and we are li- we are just normal people we overthink everything we aren't the bravest or like the boldest and we've done so much just because we like taking the plunge and you realize actually it's not as scary when you do it and i think i think some people are too scared to change to make a change and to actually go for the thing they really want yeah i think the scariest thing would be to look back and wish you had done it yeah so i think if, if there's anything that people want to do like you know everyone always comes out with excuses excuses reasons you know like oh no i've, uh, I've got a house i've got this but you can sell a house you can you can make a change and i think yeah. there's no age limit on that um, people are doing things all the time, so I think it's just if you want something, just go for it and try it. And and you and you don't need to be the richest person. You don't need to be the fittest person. You can just if you want mm-hmm. to start walking and you've never walked, just just go walk to just you know five minutes down the road and garden. walk back again. And like yeah, it doesn't need to be thousands of miles or anything. So just yeah. just give it a go. And- I've got
2: something that we always try to do more nowadays is listen to our gut instinct um, which is sometimes easy to ignore but you you know best what is best for you and you've got to sometimes be still and a bit more quiet to actually mm. listen to that And but then you've actually got to do as Max says and actually potentially take that leap of faith to follow what your gut might do if that sort of mm. change your career or start a new hobby or I don't know. Yeah, you're like breathe in take a deep breath try and plan it out as best you can and then run into it and even if like you must know or like owning a business is just it's chaos the whole time but you somehow pull, pull everything together and it looks semi-professional but you're not really <laughs> sure how <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> oh yeah. by the way I was Professional. That's not what I meant. <laughs> oh, all
0: good, all good. No, don't worry. I am thoroughly winging it. So <laughs> uh, I'm very <laughs> think, open to saying We
2: that. all.
1: I think that's the thing, though. I exactly. Think we're, we're yeah. Like, every single person, even every experts and things, don't know everything. Yeah. That's that. We're all scared by that. Um, that fear that like we all suffer from. Uh, Imposter syndrome. Imposter yeah. yeah. And and you realise everyone is winging it. So what's the worst that can
2: happen? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Just join in. Yeah. <laughs> join in and listen to that gut
0: (laughs) join in show up and tune in as well yes yes yeah listen guys this has been an absolute pleasure i've loved diving into all of the topics with you and i want to thank you for your honesty and your generosity in showing up in in sharing your lives with me and the listeners um i have no doubts that everyone who listens to this is going to be buzzing in their seat like I am right now just ready to go out into the big wide world I mean yes we have lockdown right now so I just need to take a deep breath but um, (laughs) you are absolutely inspiring in everything that you're doing and I want to wish you all the best as uh, we progress with the year and as I said earlier I look forward to following your adventures and seeing where you end up so thank you for your time today and uh, thank you to have you back on the podcast in the future to hear what you've been up to yeah, yeah sure. thank you so much abby yes yeah, yeah.
2: thank you abby really enjoying the podcast as well yeah
0: Brilliant. thanks guys have well take luck. care and uh, speak soon yeah <laughs> yeah yep. awesome.
2: speak soon. bye abby. Right.
0: Cheers. Bye. bye i have to say i was on a massive high after recording this chat with max and tom they really opened my eyes to the possibilities that surround me if i refuse to stand in fear and that being surrounded by empowering relationships is one of the best way to get grounded and present within oneself If you'd like to follow Max and Tom on their journey, head to the show notes for their social links and website address. Of course, we all take different things away from each podcast that we listen to, but if you too found this episode inspiring and energising, please do share it with someone who you know might also enjoy listening. Leave us a review wherever you're tuning in, and do head over to our Patreon page to access exclusive episodes, live sessions, behind-the-scenes content, and perhaps the most empowering online community space you'll ever access. That's www.patreon.com forward slash spend more time in the wild. Thanks for listening, folks. And until next time, stay wild.